friends. Welcome to 30 Minute Nutrition. I'm your host, Ani Weeks, and this is episode 21, NDTR Talk, How and Where to Find Diet Tech Jobs. Alrighty, guys, I missed you last week. I took the week off for Memorial Day, <laughs> and I genuinely missed having our little circle here where we can Uh, Well, I guess it's kind of one-sided because I chat and talk at you, but (laughs) um, I like to think there's people listening out there. I can see the numbers and you guys were loving the last episode, so I'm just grateful to have this space every week to connect with you. All right, let's do our introductory segments. I just forgot how to talk in a week, you know? (laughs) Introductory segments. Um, If you're new, we do two of these. One's called Currently Craving and the other's called Weird Food News. And before we start, I did want to say this is an NDTR talk episode. Every fourth episode, I do this style of episode where it's more geared towards diet techs. Now, if you're not a diet tech, you're welcome to listen along. Usually, it's interesting talk about business, about how I got to where I am from where I started. Um, Again, I'm still growing just like anybody else. I'm not an expert on just – I am an expert on just a couple things, but not everything just like everybody else. So um, this is, again, a place where we can kind of discuss that. I do have – I'll link this in the show notes, but I have a page on my website dedicated completely to the podcast. So if you ever have comments, questions, feedback – You can submit it there, or if you have my personal number or email, you're welcome to do that as well. I also have my business um, contact page on my website. So there's a lot, lots of ways to get in touch with me if you want to talk about the podcast. Uh, But these episodes are geared specifically towards diet techs, and they're just tips and tricks. If you don't already know, I mentor NDTRs, um, perspective NDTRs, maybe people who didn't think they'd end up as a diet tech, uh, but I kind of teach them how fulfilling (laughs) it can really be to be in this field and specifically to be an NDTR. So every fourth episode, you're welcome to skip it if you'd like, or if you just kind of want to understand and enjoy the conversation or maybe learn more about what I do, it's a great opportunity to do that. So without further ado, we'll hop into those introductory segments. So currently craving, I was thinking about this a lot, (laughs) knowing that I was recording this episode, and I have just been craving fruit, Um, especially tropical fruit. If you know me, my favorite fruit is mangoes, and I have been having probably one every other day. (laughs) Uh, Anything tropical right now. I also, we've been making our own uh, kind of juices at home, not juicing anything, but we'll buy the ingredients. Um, something big here in Utah, you've probably heard if you were on TikTok in the past like three years or so, um, a lot of people add like half and half to their soda and make these cool soda mixes. And so we don't drink soda in our house very often. Um, and I don't drink it at all. My husband will drink it sometimes, but we've been trying to make healthier drinks. So we'll um, just find, you know, the juices from the store. And then I find like a nut based half and half and we'll make those cool things. And my favorite one right now is you take pineapple and coconut juice. It's just kind of a blend um, with no sugar added. And then I'll add uh, nut based half and half. And then some sugar, a cup, a little bit of sugar-free syrup, not very much because um, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the additives. And so I just figure that's maybe healthier than going and getting a drink somewhere else. And it's kind of fun to just do it in our home. And um, it tastes like, 
like a pina colada a little bit with the coconut and the pineapple and it's just so good. So that's been my drink of choice lately. (laughs) Um, And it's just been a fun thing to be able to make at home. So yeah, all that tropical fruit and even just watermelon, just the basics for summer (laughs) have been really fun. All right. So with weird food news, I just saw this study and thought it was super interesting and has always wanted to share with you guys. But there was a study that came out recently that links food choice with personality traits. And this isn't new. It's not super revolutionary, but it is just another cool study to confirm that depending on your personality, you might be making different food choices than even like brothers or sisters or people in your family or friends or your spouse. Um, So it's just something cool to think about. This study was conducted on people in uh, the United States and in Norway, and it just identified attitudes towards food, um, whether people were kind of wanting to be more healthful or more rational in their choices. And what they found was that people who were more open and agreeable tended to make better food choices. So it's kind of cool just to think about maybe if you have those personality traits, maybe that's been a reason why you've been able to connect with diet on a, on some level or make um, healthy food choices pretty easily while maybe people you know have a harder time. Uh, they said specifically people who are more extroverted or neurotic make poor choices on average. And again, if you have those personality traits, that doesn't mean you're you're destined to make poor food choices. It just means you you might want to understand yourself a little bit more and and look into that and just understand what traits might make you more prone to make poor choices. So, and that's true of anywhere in life, not just nutrition. So, I think that's just helpful advice and it's cool to see a study that backs that up. So, I will link that study in the show notes if you'd like to go look for yourself. And yeah, there's just a bunch of cool studies coming out. I'm kind of a nerd for that if you can't already tell, but it's really interesting to see studies come out and confirm things we maybe already suggested or thought. And now we're starting to know them thanks to the scientific method of looking at stuff. So cool, weird food news for this week. All right, let's hop straight into the topic. And if you've already forgot, which I kind of did, <laughs> luckily I have notes that I'm reading, but our topic this week is how and where to find diet tech jobs. And as I mentioned before, I mentor in DTRs kind of on the side of doing my business. Honestly, if I had my way, I'd probably do it eight hours a day, but I just don't have the time. I need to <laughs> make a living. So I really, really love it, but it's something I kind of have to schedule in with my my schedule, um, just as someone who's working. Uh, so it's something I, I have a passion and a heart for, and I wish I could do it more, but about once a week or once every other week, I'll have someone reach out to me and I'll just take an hour or so to, to meet with them and talk with them and just try to help them find their own path in the industry. And one question I get all the time is how, or where do I find jobs? Um, People, a lot of people connect with me because I'm I'm sort of an entrepreneur. I kind of found my own way, own path. I work from home, so it's a little bit unique uh, the way I work. And so a lot of people connect with me wondering, you know, they know they can't just go maybe go to LinkedIn and type what they want and have it come up. And they're going to have to kind of create their own path. So I'm going to give you tons of tips today. Again, if you're new, we do 
three segments in the main part of our episode. Uh, the first is literature, which is any existing statistics or science that can back the topic. Um, this gives us a really good foundation and something I really strive to do in these 30 minutes I have with you is to break down the science into something more digestible, for lack of a better word, something that's easier, more approachable, that doesn't sound like a lot of um, science babble that you can really connect with. So we start that out. And again, I feel very passionate about the science behind it because that gives us a, a big knowledge, a greater knowledge base to connect with and to know um, kind of, for lack of a better word, what's right or wrong um, to do and what's a good practice to base your life off of. Again, some some of these things in nutrition are a matter of finding what works for you. Uh, but some things like we know certain chemicals will make you sick. So <laughs> it's just a good place to start. Again, no judgment there. If you're if you're just new and maybe literally don't know anything about a topic, it's really cool to look at the science. Um, and then we'll move on to the next segment, which is – or not a segment. I keep calling it a segment. But what I mean is kind of we just have sections within the episodes. Um, the next section we'll talk about is my lived experience. Uh, and that'll be what I've observed working in the field, a little bit maybe of my personal life. If you've been listening for a while, you know I have chronic illness. So it's really important to me to find lifestyle um, habits and tactics that actually work and practically work in daily life. And sometimes the science and the practicality don't quite connect. <laughs> so we can have a discussion and and talk about those things um, so we can see what parts of the science makes sense to implement into our lives. And then the landscape, which is the last section we'll talk about, is basically moving forward. What are you going to do? What does it look like on the horizon of this topic so for today's landscape, when we get to that section, I'll give you – that's where you'll find the tips. Uh, I'll give you tips there. And I have to, uh, my top five tips that I've really thought about and pondered over to give you today. So again, we'll start with the literature. So what I can tell you about NDTRs when you're looking at jobs is it varies so widely <laughs> by – state by kind of job. I know just off the top of my head, because I recently gave a presentation on this, that we have about 10 registered um, nutrition and dietetic technicians in the state of Utah. Um, and it can vary. Uh, there's usually bigger states and cities will have more, more diet techs. So for example, New York has over 300. California has over 500. But this rule isn't always true because Texas doesn't even have 200. So you kind of have to look and see, and I'll link in the show notes, the NDTR registry statistics from the Commission of Dietetics, uh, excuse me, Dietetic Registration, I think is what it's called, the CDR. Um, so that'll be there if you're kind of interested. Maybe you are open to moving or relocating for a job, and sometimes it it can be easier. You kind of have to strike a fine line between um, how competitive the job market is and um, how common jobs are there. So I don't know if that made sense, but basically you you kind of have to strike a delicate balance between um, places that have more openings for jobs and if it's too competitive for jobs. So you kind of have to find that good balance. And again, that's something you might have to just do trial and error. But um, someplace like Texas, for example, it might be good because they have 200 people competing for the same jobs, but because it's a bigger state, they might have more jobs. So you never know. It's good to take a look. And I'll again, I'll link that in the show notes. For my lived experience, and I already mentioned this, but I just want to emphasize again, it really can be trial and error to find your place in the profession. 
people, that's why I get asked so much by people I mentor, how do you do this? And I'll tell them, honestly, it's been just trial and error has been my method. I did know I had the benefit of knowing when I graduated, I was already dealing with some health problems and I knew I needed more of a remote or hybrid or work from home type position. And I also graduated during COVID. So that's when those types of positions were really coming out and being more common. And so I really appreciated that and it worked for me, but I've also done a lot of trial and error. I don't want to make it sound easy at all. It was just like any job. It was a little bit difficult navigating my way those first couple of years. So we'll skip skip straight to the landscape because I know this is what you want to hear, but I have uh, my top five tips for searching for and finding jobs that you want. And then I also with mixed within these tips, I have a couple of specific places you can look. If you're a diet tech or prospective diet tech, or even if you're a dietitian and just feeling like you maybe need a career change, or if you're not even in the field of nutrition and you just listen, if you're a family member or friend, this is kind of how I find my method of getting jobs. Um, as a copywriter and contractor, I'm often taking on projects instead of doing full-time positions with companies. So this is just kind of my method of finding finding jobs. And hopefully I can help you skip some of the uncomfortable parts that I had to experience early on in the profession. Uh, for you, again, I'm I'm not you, so you'll have to find out what works for you, but hopefully these tips will help. So without further ado, we'll, we'll start with number one, which is draft your ideal job description. And this may sound like a very vague, like dream board kind of tip, but I really do believe in things like dream boards for helping to manifest the kind what you want your life to look like, the kind of job that you want. So when you're sitting down and thinking about the kind of job you're looking for, before even searching, just make a list of things that you want. And you can dream as big as you'd like. You can do something more realistic if that's more your jam. But the number one thing I suggest with this is draft your ideal job, not what you think you'll be able to find or what's available in the field, your ideal job. And don't put, you know, I mean, you can do salary, you can do anything you want that feels important to you. But the main part of this is it'll help you identify your non-negotiables or what you like and don't like that you already know. Not many people are probably sitting here thinking, I don't know what I like and what I don't like. I'm new to the field. (laughs) That's okay. But if you have things you already know, like maybe you don't like working in a clinical setting and or maybe you want to work with kids, you can put all these things down. And maybe there are things you haven't voiced yet. This is the first opportunity you're having to write them down on paper or type them up online. And this can, like I said, it can really help you identify your non-negotiables. Now, once you're done with this step, (laughs) like any job, when the time comes, you'll have to make compromises on a few specifics. But this practice can really, really help you figure out what's important to you, even if you don't have a specialty or area of practice picked out yet. For example, as I mentioned before, I knew going into the field, I needed something that wasn't full-time at work for eight hours straight. Um, Clinical settings are kind of rigorous. And so I knew for me that wasn't going to be a great fit. And so when I was writing down on paper and figuring out what I wanted, that was something I absolutely knew that was solid for me. That was a non-negotiable. I need a more flexible job so I can take care of my life outside of work. 
So that can be super helpful. Again, I always tell people identify your non-negotiables and this is a practice that can help you help it feel like less of a chore to find a job and can help you really just draft your ideal job and what it looks like. And again, you'll have to make compromises. Usually I've never met anyone who had an ideal job written out or a dream job and didn't have to compromise on that on at least a few things, but that can help you just get closer to the kind of job you want. So number two is decide how your profession will show up in your hobbies. And a lot of people don't think about this, but especially for a relatively small group in DTRs, there's, I think there's 3000, a little over 3000 of us, maybe three to 4,000. Um, not a lot of people give you tips about how that's going to show up in your personal life. So what I would definitely recommend doing is decide how your profession is going to show up in your leisure time. For example, you might be okay with working a job you don't love, or maybe, like I said, maybe, you know, a clinical job is really rigorous and time consuming and you don't really have time for creative things at work, but maybe you're single and you can do something creative on the side and devote a lot of time to that. Um, or maybe your kids love art projects and you can kind of work to create um, things online, other kits and resources you can sell on Etsy or something um, that can bring you some income in on the side and also help you feel fulfilled. Um, you can ask yourself, would you be okay working a clinical diet tech job if you got to do food photography or a blog in your leisure time? This can really help you understand also the type of dynamic to set up between work and leisure time. And it can also help you structure your life in a way that feels extremely fulfilling, even if you aren't working your dream job. And I feel like this, when I explain this to people, it helps them kind of realize it's okay. Some people really feel passionate. Like I know for myself, I need to have a job that I feel super passionate about every day to show up. Um, I just need that for myself. But I also know people who as long as they're getting paid and have insurance, they will show up to almost anything. And I'm not saying anything's right or wrong, um, that I'm doing the right way or other people are doing it the wrong way or vice versa. It's really up to you how you show up in your those spaces, work and prof- or excuse me, professional and personal life. So that would be a big one. I think not enough people talk about that. It would be important to decide, are you just going to limit your your passion for nutrition to your profession, or do you really need something outside of work to help you feel fulfilled? So um, this is another thing too, just a side note on this topic before we move on to my number three tip. Uh, This can really help you to work with your roommates, with your spouse, to understand, help them understand why you're taking time outside of work to do something that ignites your passion. Um, So for me, my husband knows that I don't necessarily get paid from this podcast. Um, I do it kind of on my free time in a way. <laughs> I try to do it within my workday, but sometimes it bleeds into our our personal life and time. But my husband knows that it's something that really gets me excited. I obviously love talking. and um, It's a, a little bit of a creative endeavor for me that doesn't feel as work heavy as other tasks I have throughout my day. So If that makes sense, it can really help the other dynamics of people you're living with, um, such as your kids or your partner or even just roommates, helps them understand why you're taking time outside of your job to continue to focus on nutrition, (laughs) even though you maybe already spent, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day doing that for other people. So kind of fill your own cup. All right. Again, if you have more questions about that, I feel like I could go on and on about that forever. But if you have questions about kind of 
you know, the work-life balance and things, number one, know that I'm still working on it. But number two, know that you can reach out to me via the podcast page. So let's move on to tip number three. And this is a big one too. Again, I'm not telling you anything revolutionary that you didn't already know, but I think it's worth saying. Network with people you already know and consider channels you haven't before. Word of mouth is so underrated today. (laughs) It's still such a powerful method of communication. And a lot of the um, jobs and connections I have haven't happened through social media or even through job sites. Sometimes it's just by mentioning to people what I do, um, that I get a good connection and a client from that interaction. So don't don't overlook that when you are looking for jobs. Sometimes connections are just hiding in plain sight, frankly. For example, if you've just graduated, I would highly suggest reaching out to your program directors, old program directors, professors, and even your fellow recent graduates or colleagues and people you got to know during your education who may be a couple years ahead of you who are already working in jobs. One thing you can do is ask them if they've heard of job opportunities. I would even more highly suggest that you tell them what kind of job you're looking for once you know that, and then ask them to keep an eye or an ear out. So this is a little bit different. Um, Sometimes there will be a job opportunity. Uh, In a climate like today, I know a lot of people are downsizing, so sometimes that's not really an option. And instead, you can tell them, this is the kind of job I'm looking for. And I almost guarantee you they'll keep that in mind. They won't make it their own job to go get you a job, but a lot of people I know are willing. And, you know, they'll, especially if they work with teams, they'll be able to keep an eye or ear out for a position that would fit what you're looking for. So again, just think about the people you already have around you, Um, even friends and family. Sometimes we don't tell our friends and family, this is the kind of job I'm looking for. And it's kind of taboo to talk about looking for work or being open to work. Another thing you can do that's kind of a a subtopic within this tip is you can go to your profile on a job site such as LinkedIn and simply select the open to work uh, category or check mark, place where you can put your check mark and it will put that on your profile as something that you're putting out to the world essentially. So then people who are already in your circle, already on your LinkedIn can know, okay, this person's open to work and maybe they weren't before. And so my company's actually looking for someone to fill this position. So that can even be a way if you're not talking word of mouth and just kind of hoping through social media or, (laughs) or job sites to find that sort of opportunity, that can be a really simple way. Um, If maybe you don't have the energy to go look for jobs right now, but you are interested and open to work, that can be a great way to communicate to people that that's something you're interested in. All right, moving on to tip number four, decide your style before heading to job search sites. This is a big one. And again, I don't think enough people talk about it. Deciding your style of work can help you select the right job search site for you. So I feel like this would be best explained with an example. Um, As many of you know, I'm a copywriter as my main source of income within the things that I do for my job. When I'm looking for something more structured or with more hours, I head to LinkedIn or Indeed. But more commonly as an entrepreneur or a contractor, um, I kind of – and that means, again, if you haven't heard that term, I basically um, contract with certain companies for an, an amount of time or a frequency of blog posts and I do my work that way. So more often I'm checking sites like Upwork, 
for more smaller, manageable projects. I know sites like Fiverr also do that. I hope I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> but there are more manageable pro projects that people can sign up for and you can kind of fit them in your time. Um, if you, as I mentioned before, are taking on nutrition clients as sort of a side hustle or leisure time job, <laughs> um, something in your in your time aside from your formal job, uh, places like Upwork can also be great for that because you can select smaller, more manageable projects um, on the side and that can fit into your maybe your kid's nap time or something like that. Another great place to start, and I wish I'd known about this when I graduated. I found it uh, maybe a year or two after, but there's a, a site called Nutrition Jobs, and I believe it was started by a dietitian. I'd love to have her on at some point, so if you guys feel the same, definitely let me know. But it's a great place to start if you have never searched for jobs in the nutrition field and just kind of don't know what's out there and you're just starting out as an NDTR RD. I will link this in the show notes because we only have about five minutes in there for the rest of this episode. But there are so many helpful blogs and resources on that site. Things like uh, bulking up your resume or there's even like LinkedIn checklists that they have there that can help you. And I believe some of the consultants and people that work with that site um, you can schedule like appointments with them. Um, I might be wrong, but I believe I need to look more into it. I probably should have done a little more research before I was telling you about it, but I just know that that's been an excellent site. I've gone in there sometimes to just kind of see what's out there. You can even select within the field, um, what type of professional you are. I've been able to select writer before. Um, so it'll just show me writing jobs in the nutrition field. It's a really unique site. You can't always do that. And nutrition jobs are sometimes hard to find um, because our titles are more technical, like dietetic technician. Um, but when job posters are putting things like nutrition. So this is a great place where it can kind of connect both of those worlds. And again, I'll link that in the show notes if you'd like to look more into that. Okay. Tip number five, and this is a big one. <laughs> one I had to find out the hard way and hopefully I'm cutting some time for you <laughs> that you won't have to spend so much time doing this the, the hard way and you can just take this tip and run with it. But it is alter your keyword search. As I kind of alluded to just now, uh, unless you're looking for a clinical or public health position, which many NDTRs are, and that's totally fine, you probably will not find the jobs you're looking for by just typing diet technician in the search box. I've often found more luck using the words diet technician than just searching in DTR. But to be completely honest, the companies I work with right now didn't have either of those titles in the description. They were looking for things like a marketing copywriter or a nutrition copywriter or a health and wellness content writer. Especially if you're an entrepreneur, you'll want to tailor your, your search to the type of skills you're providing or the skills you have. And again, don't be worried if you don't know what those are right now. <laughs> you'll find out by trial and error what works for you. For example, I've kind of branded myself as a digital diet technician. And that can even help when people are searching for my website. But often I'm going out on these sites and trying to find job titles like nutrition copywriter, health or wellness copywriter, nutrition consultant, email copywriter, sales copywriter. So it's not necessarily the title that I went to school for or the credentials that I have. It will take some time to hone those experience and skills. But once you know, you'll want to make sure your search is tailored to that. So for example, if you just need another one as we're tying up, 
if you love creating healthy meals and recipes as an NDTR and you you want to do that every day, I would highly suggest searching something like recipe developer instead of diet tech in the search box. Again, there's almost endless examples I could give you on this. And one of the things I do with the people I mentor is help them find exactly what to be searching to get the jobs that they want or maybe what to do in their personal and professional lives to do the work to find out what their skills are so then they can go search out those jobs they want. Again, we could talk about this topic forever. We just have about two minutes left, so we'll tie up for today, but please do visit the podcast page. It's linked in the show notes. If you had questions about anything today, if you're interested in being mentored by me or working with me, I would love to connect with you. It's one of my favorite things, as I said before. So you can do that through my contact page on my website. Again, just I would suggest highly going to the podcast pages is linked in the show notes and you'll see the other tabs I have on my website and other pages that you can navigate to get in touch with me. So that's all I have for today, folks. I have been working really hard behind the scenes to invite some awesome guests on soon. I know I had one guest on back, I think in February <laughs> and I've been working so hard. I promise, I promise it wasn't, it's not just going to be solo episodes. There are some people I've already reached out to and we're working to find a time to record and I cannot wait to bring you those episodes. Um, that also extends, I don't know if I've explicitly said this on the podcast before, but that also extends to NDTRs you're interested in hearing from. So I will link, a, the again, the podcast page is linked in the show notes. Submit for yourself or somebody else, or if you're just wanting to hear about a topic, and I will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.